Hello, you're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we, we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, I'm a Daniel Shamboy hamburger right now. With me as always, is film critic, Daniel Barnes. Hi everyone, as Corky said on this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate them on our unique system, run-of-the-mill bad film, that gets rated a dare. The double dare goes to those truly atrocious movies, and we reserve a reverse dare rating for a despised movie that we think is actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we're reviewing Megaforce. But before we get started, Daniel's going to tell us about the beer we're drinking during the show. So, Corky, while I introduce the beer, let me also introduce the man who brought us this beer that we are drinking today, each in our unique homes as we are still under quarantine. Thank you so much, coronavirus. The man who brought us the beer and who will be our guest reviewer on the show is Mr. Ben Rice of the Barley and Me podcast. Ben Rice, welcome to Dare Daniel. Hey, yeah. Sound effect of applause. Daniel and Corky, thanks so much for having me. Oh, lovely. Ben, thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for spending Friday evening talking about Megaforce, your favorite film, I assume. Oh, man, I loved it. But talk a little bit about the beer that you brought for all of us. You dropped these off on our doorstep because uh, of uh, hygiene reasons and so forth. But talk a little bit about this beer that we're drinking tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this beer almost as much as I loved tonight's movie, Megaforce. Uh, So (laughs) I brought to you uh, a beer from Flatland Brewing in El Grove. Love Flatland. brought you Flannel Jacket, an imperial stout brewed with coffee and vanilla. Because I realized I don't think you guys have drunk a Flatland beer on the podcast, and they're one of the best breweries in California, let alone the Sacramento region. I love them so much. I absolutely agree. Flatland is one of my favorite breweries, and you're right. I don't think we we might have done one once, but yeah, it's not a regular. We I don't think we have. Yeah, and it ties into our movie because there's a lot of visuals of a very flat desert very land. Flat in desert movie. land, yes, <laughs> absolutely. However, Yet I'm this drinking. Beer. I'm going to drink the other beer that Ben brought us because I thought it ties in very nice. I'm drinking <laughs> the American River Ale Pumpkin Falls. Oh shit! Oh yeah, which because is of like the a tawny, <laughs> the tawny bronze blonde visage visage of Barry Boswick's head oh, and God. beard. Just made you think of a pumpkin. He's very pumpkin-shaped in the whole head area. It's very fall leaves. He's, yes. <laughs> he's a little jack-o'-lantern-esque, let's admit it. But this is a like a beer from a brewery that went out of business like three years ago. It's yeah, a beer is- out with uh, pumpkin. Talk about it, Quirky. This may not have been a wise choice. This is a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like pumpkin wine. Yeah, I love it. It's got a toffee on it. I think it's great, but... uh. Everybody seems to hate pumpkin beers uh, as just like the default setting. Don't like pumpkin beers. For sure. If if you do like them, this is a great one. If you don't like them, it's probably not going to change your mind. And talk about rare. Again, it's like a three or four year old beer. I mean, the brewery is long out of business. There have been multiple other breweries in that space since since American River. And maybe March isn't the best time to drink pumpkin stuff. (laughs) Yeah. But flannel jacket out of uh, from Flatland is an imperial stout with coffee and vanilla, and in contrast yep. to the pretty flavorless movie that we watched for this week, it is Bold. loaded with flavor. Oh my god, this is so decadent! It is so sweet, it is so desserty. It's absolutely fantastic. Love it. Love Flatland, Andrew. You and your team, you do fantastic work. 
Yeah, Andrew, Sean, his brother, and uh, Mackenzie Sant, uh, who is the big fan of flannel jackets, hence the name of the beer. But they all wear them now. They all wear flannel jackets all the time, but it was Mackenzie that started the trend. Yeah, okay, I switched. That's a good beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should have judged. Yeah, good plan. And ben, I've not course, even sipped it yet. And Ben, of course, you're the host of the Barley and Me podcast. For anyone who hasn't ever listened to your show, talk about that a little bit. Oh, yes. Barley and Me is a beer podcast uh, where I go to breweries and talk to the owner, the brewer, the taproom manager, the HR rep, the canning guy. Who let me talk to? And I bring along a beer-loving guest. We just talk about uh, who we are as people, what we enjoy. <laughs> and then uh, every once in a while, we might we might bring up that beer exists. Uh, it's kind of morphed <laughs> over the years to become more of a conversational thing than a, uh, what, my, what my initial attention was. But I, I love it. Uh, to, as I say in the shorthand, conversations with the makers of your favorite beers and the people who drink them. Well, there you go. It's a great uh, podcast. Everybody go check it out. Barley and me on your Apple podcasts and your pod bean and your pod whatever all the pod things get it yeah barely me. the podcast is super smart super funny and super unique just like ben and his stand-up is so i i encourage anybody to go out on the schmied look up barley and me and and that's a best name of a podcast really i think kudos yeah. to that yeah, yeah fantastic like job with the punning i said it out loud i'm like i don't have to think of names anymore that's the one we got it <laughs> also uh spoiler alert the beard dies at the end <laughs> tagline that one's about 50 50 some people really hate it <laughs> that's a tagline it makes them sad like immediately <laughs> and now our feature presentation mega force this dare came to us from listener and supporter of the show, Dean Longenecker, who recently donated to the show via PayPal. We don't have a Patreon system set up or anything like that, but that helps so much for the show, keeping the lights on. And it also helps get your dares in the list, you know, kind of rocketed to the front, to the forefront. Oh, absolutely. We can be bought. And for, oh, yeah. <laughs> for very cheap. $5? Yeah, it's surprising how little it costs for us so to do these little, things. So little. Ben got on the show with just a couple of uh, beers from a he shutdown brewery. A beer, he was like, I got some four-year-old pumpkin beers. It's like, all right, you're on. You're on the show. But uh, thanks but, again, uh, Dean. And anybody who's looking to make that PayPal donation can find the uh, the source right on our page. There's a donate button. Yeah, so go to daredaniel.com and hit us up there. Give us five bucks. We'll dare whatever the fuck you want. We'll do it. I swear <laughs> to God. Dean Longenecker's dare goes like this. Where to start? Barry Boswick as an action star? Has the hair for it. Michael Beck as the sidekick? Also the hair for it. Persis Kambata with hair. Henry Silva? Always awesome bad guy. The old guy from Knight Rider? Hal Needham directing? Five writers who tried to write an action movie, a cast who thought this a campy spoof action flick, pure money grabbed by the producers, failed miserably, action is okay for the early 70s, but it's made in the 80s, gold lame bodysuits that are way too tight, the legendary motorcycle scene, worth a review. That's a lot of questions. That's a lot of stream of consciousness in there. It really is. I I cleaned that up a lot, Dean Longenecker. IMDb synopsis is uh, just as much a uh, stream of consciousness. Oh, my God. <laughs> Story about a rapid deployment defense unit that is called into action whenever freedom is threatened. <laughs> Not true. Not <laughs> true. Yes, today's movie is Megaforce. Part of a $50 million slate of films from Golden Harvest, a Hong Kong production tr- company that attempted 
and failed to break into the Western market. Directed by Hal Needham, who was once the highest paid stuntman in the world, made just truckloads of money directing Smokey and the Bandit and the sequel. Also did a bunch of other Burt Reynolds movies, of course, Hooper, the Cannonball Run film, Stroker, Ace. Film stars Barry Bostwick as Ace Hunter. Uh, Barry Bostwick, just one of those guys who has just sort of like been around over the years. Like he really started as Brad in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. He was in every TV movie and miniseries in the 1980s. And then he was the mayor on Spin City for many years. Coming in to today's film Megaforce, he signed a three-picture deal for Megaforce, covering all sequels. Somehow got out of that deal. <laughs> Fancy legal maneuvering. You know, these Hollywood guys, they call in their favors. as somehow wrangled his way out of the... Uh, out of the Megaforce sequels, all the costumes designed by Mattel, and it shows. It really, <laughs> really shows. Mattel also made a Hot Wheels playset to tie into the film. Worst Hot Wheels playset ever. And there was a video game on the Atari 2600, a very boring one, I have to imagine. Film was released oh. June 25, 1982, on 1,193 screens. Wow. Opened in ninth place. Other films playing in theaters at the same time. E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Blade Runner, Rocky Three, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Poltergeist, John Carpenter's The Thing. Those were all major Hollywood movies that were in theaters at the same time. At the same time. You can't tell me things aren't getting worse. I won't believe that. Film, however, Megaforce, was rejected. $5.7 million dollars. Domestic against a production budget of 20 million, huge box office bomb. Nominated for three Razzie Awards, including Worst Picture, lost to In Sean. Yeah. We need to do In Sean. Yeah. You can't even get a copy of it, I heard. <laughs> no. The, what the is rare that? collaboration between the U.S. military and the Unification Church of Reverend Sun Young Moon. Reagan's 80s, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> we will get into it with Megaforce. Movie scored a zero on Rotten Tomatoes, 13 reviews. Barry Boswick at the time reflected, you know what's good about this film? It's plausible. We need an international force like this to keep the peace. I wouldn't mind betting that one day there's a real Megaforce operating somewhere in the world. Which is like wrong and yet right in a weird way. Uh, on the other hand, Janet Maslin in the New York Times said, quote, there is too much opportunity to notice the weak spots in Mr. Needham's direction. In the case of Megaforce, these include silly dialogue, poor matching shots, oafish staging, and one scene filled between two silhouettes against a magenta background. Corky and Ben. Huh? Two of my experts on oafish staging. Mm -hmm. uh, did you notice the weak spots in Mr. Needham's direction, uh, or are you lamenting that we did not get those, the full trilogy of Megaforce. We were supposed to get sequels. We didn't get them. We were cheated out of it. Or do you feel like, yeah, I got what I needed? I got everything I needed out of this, and I could use more. You want more? More Megaforce? Absolutely. I mean, the way that it ended, I was like, okay, I need so much more of <laughs> this. More. Uh, the first <laughs> hour and 48 minutes, whatever. But <laughs> by the end, you were like, at the end, I'm like, okay, like, for some reason, I, I want it. more. <laughs> this is all coming together. Uh, it's like Mad Max Fury Road, but with more shots of people just reacting, sitting around a building, talking about what's going to happen <laughs> oh than actually God, watching it happen. So oh, much, seriously. 
Yeah, it I, is. Sorry, go ahead, Ben. Oh, I was gonna say, like, I love that the uh, <laughs> the uh, the caption on the poster is "Deeds, not words." But all they do is talk <laughs> about what they're gonna do. It's all they do <laughs> right, <laughs> until the very end. <laughs> opposite opposite (laughs) yeah no this movie is basically like if your grandfather saw mad max and saw empire strikes back and was like you know i could just make that in the garage you know i could just (laughs) do that at home i could just make that in my workshop i could just get it star wars (laughs) kevin you got a dirt bike laying around let's use that (laughs) yeah it is a movie that wants to be so badass but it is the opposite of badass everything is just really like ridiculous like the costumes special effects plot dialogue uh all the comedy it really felt more like a pilot for a late 70s television show yeah that never like they never made the show it was just it was like a fox force five kind of thing unaired pilot instead of like no this was a 20 million (laughs) dollar like big budget action movie yeah this is the b team (laughs) <laughs> yeah and as you were saying like the characters are, are they're one note to start with but then like so much of this movie is like people dawdling from place to place like there's a lot of like let's go and then we spend 15 minutes like on a plane ride with people there's like a real-time plane ride yeah, in this movie oh my god that's in my notes for sure <laughs> they are just dawdling and derping along to go somewhere to do something. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was like, I, I was like, you made an hour 30. You don't need to do this. I'm admittedly was half tuned in at some parts, but there's really no plot, right? It's just to get somewhere to do a thing. Yeah. And then and they'll have a thing, big battle and then no one will give a shit at the end of it. The, the yeah. funny thing is what they did, I guess, was so successful. They had to go back and do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Hal Needham, again, he started out as a stunt guy, and he's great with stunts and, you know, hardware. There's a lot of big military hardware in this movie, but when you talk about, like, the essential building blocks, the essential vitamins of filmmaking, yeah, he is very deficient in those respects. Framing, pacing, just basic storytelling stuff. Like, he's not good at it. He's not good. And he wrote this. He helped write this. Yeah, no, this was his baby. This was his baby. This was his. Uh, this was his Star Wars. And and my notes repeatedly say, "Who wrote this?" Over and over. Again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into it. Mega Force. Mega Force. And it starts with this long, kind of narrated, uh, this oh red text on the screen where we learn about this quote unquote phantom army of super elite fighting men known as Mega Force. And, you know, they're fighting freedom all over the world, like the IMDb thing said. And there's like this Knight Rider music, and it's... Don't forget your military pomp and circumstance on top of that. Yes, which is rendered in black and white contrast blurs. It's like these tanks and weapons that are sort of moving in contrast. I mean, like right away, you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Watching this that feels that's so wrong. It really feels like it was a seventies pilot or eighties right. pilot. Cause yeah. I was like, that's definitely scenes that I'm going to see in this movie. Just not without these special effects on there. And during the opening credits, nope. we learned that the movie was filmed with intro vision and <laughs> Zoptic. Top names in the industry. I like right. Yes. Yeah, like, what are these off-brand fucking special effects cameras and shit that they're using? I didn't look it up. Did you look it up? Do you know what these are? 
It, I oh. didn't look up Zoptic. Introvision is this kind of special effects thing that is like a front projection uh, kind of system where you can do special effects in the camera and you can kind of see it as you're doing it. And that's why there's all these things where there's obviously like these composite shots where people are walking around in special effects and stuff like that. So it's basically like a pre blue screen, green screen kind of technology. Oh, in that case, I did notice it. Okay, perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you noticed it. You noticed it every time you're like, wow, that looks like shit. Yeah, that's introvision. So now we end the credits and we land on this group of like tanks and these, I guess, military fascists. And they're kind of lecturing. There's this guy who is sort of reading from a book and lecturing to these hostages about your glorious struggle. And they're just like giving the political rhetoric to people and there's a general who is impatiently waiting and quirky who is that general that's my man henry silva henry silva as guerrera he's got no time for the communist manifesto that's being no made. he is really annoyed he's a man that he has of to wait and he just to, wants like, to blow, blow some shit, shit up, up and he's gonna <laughs> load up a tank he's gonna fire it on people it's just like fire and then kaboom like a model of a power plant explodes. I mean, so it took a long time to build that model, sir. It was built to scale. One yeah, 64 scale. <laughs> just so we're clearly open with a war crime. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then you can't understand a single word the other guy is saying at all. Uh, and the, the lighting budget apparently wasn't there because it's so goddamn dark. Yeah. It's the first thing in the movie. It's not even important. No, oh, fine. no. <laughs> but n- at least we know now where those Mattel toy sets went. They blew them <laughs> up on screen. <laughs> so as Guerrera is leaving the scene of just blowing up a thing and then leaving, his tanks are fired on by other tanks. Just other tanks. There's other tanks. And they but they escape or are allowed to escape. I was really unclear about what happened here. I was not clear either. If they were firing at, at other things near them and they're like, I'm going to hit this stuff and then we're all leaving or if they were in fact combatants. Yeah. I mean, every elite for- fighting force in this movie is absolutely terrible at aiming at, <laughs> at things These explosions that they are hit. at least six feet away from where they're trying yeah, to be. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's just like, they seem to have them dead to rights. Like they just seem to have them like ready to go. But then this news gets radioed back to an English general. This is like mm. an English general back to camp and to Persia Kambada, who uh, Zara Zara. And they gave her a really long last name that they never brought up again. And it's not in the IMDb page. (laughs) And she's absolutely beautiful. Gorgeous. She's supposed Mm -hmm. to be like a native of whatever this country is that is being invaded by whoever these people are. I didn't get that at all. I mean, it's unclear at this point, but it's no less clear anytime like later in the movie. It's never clear. But she's she's also a president's daughter. She's a president's daughter who's a soldier who demands to be taken seriously. What's so hard about this movie? Also, a I thought president's daughter who is a soldier who dresses in high heels to go out on a military expedition in the desert. But when they radio the news back, the, the British general is all excited, like, right, we got him. And she just goes, not this time. But like, why? <laughs> it is not clear. Dan, there's, there's several things that aren't clear in this movie. One being that they're out in the middle of the desert, this old British general and Zara, the president's daughter, and a snake is maybe getting close to them. You don't really know. 
because they're sitting on rocks and we just cut back to a snake crawling around some rocks. Is it those rocks? Is it near them? We don't know. It's but not the, clear. The next thing that happens. Away, we do a full shot of Zara's body. The elevator eyes, bottom mm. to top. We're oh, yes. the body in that camera so you know that she's sexy. And Every shot on her lingers about uh, 20 seconds too long. Very male gazy uh, with yeah. his camera. Yeah, so basically after they let Guerrero's men go free, they they take a plane, they land in this, wherever this is, and they're taken out to the desert and just dumped in the desert. The <laughs> British general is now wearing like English gentleman clothes, like he's on like Monty Python or something like that. And she's wearing this really sexy red dress. Yes. <laughs> like just to go and meet like this fucking elite military force. <laughs> But anyway, they're just abandoned in the middle of the desert. And yeah, like you were saying, there's this whole like derpy derp bit with like a rattlesnake is going to come up and fucking get him. But last second, oh, it's about to bite him, maybe, because the uh, <laughs> yeah. direction is not like a Haldidab uh, strike. Shot yeah. fired. Kaboom. Oh, thank God. Saved from the snake, maybe. <laughs> um, and who is it? It's Dallas. That's ah, Dallas. The most annoying character in what? a movie that is nothing but annoying characters. You guys, I, is Dallas from Texas? <laughs> oh, Hold on. Let me break this down for you. His name is Dallas. <laughs> Toad in a rifle in the desert. Yes. Cowboy hat. Skull Kills a snake from hundreds of feet away. Southern accent. Not hilly enough. That's right. Give him a skull shirt. Really sell it. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Dallas is just doing everything you would expect a character named Dallas, who is the number two command in this elite fighting force. Um, he is, oh God, he's awful. Oh, he's, he's my favorite he's, character. He's oh, I just wanted him to tolerable. shut up so much. I hated him. Hated him. Yeah, he sees Persian. He says that she makes bivouacking in the woods downright desirable they're heading to the base to this base and we we see them talk to the base and of course it's like a buck rogers kind of underground command center something again that your grandfather would think is futuristic excuse me you're missing something daniel he does show them that it's not so bad in the desert there's some there's some eye candy out here and he busts out a hologram. Oh, the holograms. Oh, them and their damn holograms. Yeah, of they a are woman so proud in a bathing holograms. suit in the water on a beach. Just right there in the middle of the desert because they can yeah. make holograms happen whenever to fool people. How's that going to fool come, anyone? But again, does that come back? It, does. it, it will does not come back. Remarkably. <laughs> that doesn't come back at all. They meet some of the members of the team. There's a black man. Uh, but get this. Twist, he is cultured. <laughs> like that's this movie's idea of a fucking joke is that this guy he's black but he listens to classical music that's their fucking joke of this the old movie. english general almost has a monocle fall out of it and he's not wearing one <laughs> it's not gladys knight in the pips what <laughs> he does that oh yes oh it's sad. it's just derp central ace hunter and a couple of members of his m- elite motorcycle shooting <laughs> squad arrive uh, taking target practice, which just means that they tried in doing wheelies, shooting rockets at beach balls. <laughs> yeah, I was like, are these bouncy balls, balloons, watermelons? What are they shooting <laughs> at? Colored balls pop up in the air. Yeah. It's like they're on the color run. 
Ace Hunter shows up 15 minutes and 45 seconds into this movie. Yeah, it takes a while to get there. Like I said, they're just everyone's derping and derping around. It didn't need to be almost 20 minutes. It could have been five minutes. Like you, yeah. you did, you were you were not using that time well. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And oh, the, and, and nothing's moment, gonna happen for a while. The meet the hero moment did not carry any more gravitas because it took 20 minutes. It's <laughs> just like, oh yeah, hey, here's this guy. <laughs> Here he is. And who is it? It's our hero ace. Hunter, played by Barry Bulgewick. No, sorry. <laughs> Balls, boss, but no. <laughs> Testicles, penis. Balls, crotch. No, damn it. Freudian slip. Barry Bostwick in a gold bodysuit that leaves very little to the imagination. Tight. And trust me, I've got a hell of an imagination. Boswick must have got this role just because he's the tallest, right? That's the only <laughs> reason. Like, yeah, we need someone who's at least five eleven. Who can? There's no hair. gravitas to him. There, there, there's no. there's no leading man charisma. Oh my goodness, no, no. But they tried to give it to him with these awful jokes they wrote for him. Ooh. Yeah, oh so he's God. got the the bodysuit. He's got a blue headband, which that threw me even more than the bodysuit. The feathered yeah. blonde hair. He's got a beard. And he gets off his bike and sees any woman so he goes right after her they're like his his uh his friends when he's got like a mexican guy and a japanese guy who are on the bike and they're like target sighted and closing these are jokes you get them that's their entire role <laughs> and again she's like again the president's daughter and a general a some sort of high-ranking military. She's a key diplomat, and this, this guy just comes right onto her. And she does not immediately melt into a puddle of inspired or implied consent. And so he just starts pouting and whining and being a big baby. Uh, so I just want to give you one of his lines, his smooth pickup lines from the brilliant <laughs> mind of <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Newhall. Uh, well, if it's a comfortable tour you're looking for, I have connections at Disneyland, <laughs> which is Entourage's target destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> and the hilarious thing is, for the next fifteen minutes, they basically just give her a tour anyway. So yes, that's it. This is what it is. Like the whole deck, like the next fifteen minutes is just a tour of their underground base where they're just like bragging about how awesome all of their shit is. And this whole time, I'm like. What's going on back in Gamibia? Like, are yeah. lives actually at stake? Like, like, we've seen a power plant blow up. That's all we've seen. And then they rode out, like, to somewhere else. Like, are people dying? Is this important? Is, is there urgency here? Is there not urgency? Because they're just fucking around. All this movie thinks is important is transportation. Just getting on vehicles and driving to the next thing to look at more vehicles. <laughs> and naming those vehicles. Like, motorcycles aren't motorcycles. They're, they're called Delta Mark IVs. <laughs> gonna get on my old delta mark four and take a ride out in the desert we meet egg the science okay. guy who has more degrees than a thermometer every time i saw egg <laughs> i just kept thinking the fool's gonna i mean the sheriff's gonna do it because <laughs> he's that guy from blazing saddles yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so are Fredonia and Sylvania still at war on this one? <laughs> I don't know, right? Who the fuck? Who even knows? And while all this is happening, they're just like, hey, check out the laser lab. And they're <laughs> like, this is just one base. They're like, they have, like, this is an enormous place. Like, the amount of hardware they cram into this 
is like for them to be secret. This is a secret fighting force that no one knows about. This is not like the United Nations where like people know that there's a United Nations force that, you know, can go into military, you know, zones and things like no, that. And this base is supposedly hidden inside caves. And you can tell that because of the map painting he keeps showing everybody. And I guess this is the intro vision that we were talking about because they walk about three feet <laughs> to the left. And then there's a big map painting of all this other <laughs> stuff going on. <laughs> Oh, and we learn that this is <laughs> this is all all of this insanity is underwritten by Scuff, okay, <laughs> which is like the international union of whatever. It's the Society for coming up with dumb fucking acronyms for things. Um, and Megaforce is supposed to be made up of this elite cadre of international soldiers from all different nations right. who have been written off. They've either like they're written off as defectors, they're or they're dead. Better yet, they're dead in combat. Right? Remember that later when they all talk about their girls and getting back home to their families. <laughs> <laughs> they're all in on it, Corky. <laughs> the families too. Yeah, it's not a very good plan. So Ace goes to Zara's room. To meet mm-hmm. her, and he is now in his dress uniform. He's out of the jumpsuit, and he's in oh, yeah. this bizarre thing with like this fold-down lapel. I'm not sure what you yes. Call one that does exactly. want a touch of color. <laughs> yeah, so this is like their formal, the formal uniform of the secret fighting force. And she's feeling flirty because she unbuttons the top button. She is feeling flirty, but here's what's insane about this: they make a big deal about there's no women in megaphors right like he scoffs in the scene at the idea that she could be in the military that she could like hang with these guys like that just seems completely ridiculous then there's like no women anywhere like they are just like blown away that this woman has shown up at their place look at how the room is designed everything in the room is like this very feminine (laughs) room all of the colors all of the designs and everything there is muzak playing in her room like it looks like a boudoir a lady (laughs) the implications of this are a little upsetting like because they were not expecting a woman so that's just just a thought just hey just throwing it out there just lying around just in case dallas loves showing off all this bullshit as much as anyway and he tells the general to prepare for a high speed moccasin blowout because he's racist he's a fucking racist he's got a confederate everybody has their home country oh flag. my god he's Are got you, a yes. confederate flag on his yeah on his arm on and on this his is motorcycle. our tax dollars this is our tax dollars at work okay, pay for this, this international is, gang of thugs this is scuff's work <laughs> fucking fly the confederate flag into foreign nations that's insane I don't know how much we should get into the racial element of this, but (laughs) essentially there is a Spanish speaking general Mm -hmm. attacking an African nation under the help of the Soviet bloc. Yes. And she's Indian. Right. (laughs) (laughs) With it guided by an English general. (laughs) <laughs> yes, and the top military man is British. And this is set. what's happening. Is like, what is future. happening? <laughs> this no. was not set in the future. This was no. like 1982. They no, they no. are supposed to have like advanced futuristic weaponry, but it's just supposed to be like, oh wow, we didn't know this was on the market. They talk about how they've basically like stolen all of the uh, weapons. Like, this is like contraband of all the uh, 
One guy references okay. uh, Da Nang. So he was in Nam and he's yeah. not that old. Yeah. This <laughs> is like less than, less than 10 years from what Vietnam. Are my notes? One of my notes is because the audio was so bad in that first scene. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I've mistaken. Uh, I thought it was technical incompetence, but it's actually casual racism. <laughs> These people cannot be understood when they're talking. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a lot of casual racism. For example, in the next scene, they are testing out this global surveillance system. And they pointed over, I think it's supposed to be like the demilitarized zone in like uh, North Korea. And they hear a soldier saying... Uh, that he'll pick up some American food on his way home. Reverse of what we oh, did. Oh, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> uh, see? You know what they say about American food? You're just hungry again for more casual racism in the <laughs> <laughs> So now we're at the the dinner. We're at a formal dinner for some reason, I guess, to welcome uh, the general and this lady who are on a secret mission. There's no, yeah, no reason. <laughs> we kind of learn about this is the, the point of the scene is to explain Ace Hunter's long relationship with Guerrera, who is the villain. They go way back. But I'm just looking around. It's like, OK, this is a secret formal dinner in a secret underground base. Yeah. <laughs> They're wearing their secret dress version of their secret uniform for their secret fighting force in their secret global organization. There's a lot of waiters. There are. <laughs> Somebody catered that. There's a lot of waiters. There's got to be a lot of kitchen staff. Like, is everybody in on this? I mean, they seem to have a limitless budget, but like, this is a formal dinner. This really seems like a waste of money. It's a like giant a- room. They had to talk to military kitchen workers like guys on KP duty and be like, all right, just fake your death. Come join this. You're not going to fight, but you can make all the Caesar salads you want. Yeah. Right. The logistics just, I mean, it seems like there's a, like, there's a lot of, this is a big scene. There's a lot of waiters. There's got to be a lot of people behind the scenes doing this as well. And yet it's other times it seems there's like five or six people on this base. Other times yeah. there's several hundreds, depending on the Because they're learning how to the cook, because it's their week to cook. <laughs> you think it's a rotating thing? I think it's a rotating shift. Someday, they're just like, we'll do motorcycle rocket uh, target practice, and then you're on KP, and then you're on like base yep. jumps and stuff. Mater D duty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One night you're doing sides, you're just doing table, uh, you know, it's folding forks and knives. <laughs> then you're flying the chopper. All right. Sometimes you're on the front line and sometimes you're the line cook. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, we, we get a little bit of background. I mean, not really, but just Ace, Ace and Guerrero knew each other. They came up together, but then they had a split. Whatever. I mean, that's just screenwriting 101 bullshit right there. I like that you said there's not much information. That seems like 12 minutes long. Yes, and you right. learned that's Nothing. the best thing at every scene. It goes on forever with like no point and no like nutritional value to the scene. Everything is just empty and minutes. Anything that this movie thinks is funny is not funny. Not and it's funny. almost, oh. I can't even tell that they're jokes until somebody reacts. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was, that was supposed to be humor. Whenever that's Dallas why they write those up. characters in. Yeah. That's why so Dallas is there. Like, so. okay. Yeah. Maybe maybe this is the time. Do you think Barry Boswick was in on it? The joke, like d- his performance. Do you think he camped it up? Oh, I think he had to. I think he had to. He knew what he was in, right? It was like this is the only way I can possibly get through this. I heard that this was the first time his name was above title. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it might have been, might have been his first. Movie. Yeah. He's like, this is shit, but it's my shit. So I have to. <laughs> I'm owning it. Yeah. As I was watching this, I was like, oh, I think I figured out why Barry Bostick wasn't a bigger thing. Because <laughs> I was like, I remember from the city, like, bad. this guy's great. I'm like, oh, I think I know. Why yeah, he's great. He's a character actor and he's yeah. doing a lead role. He's, yeah, he's just He's not a hero. He's Brad, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's Brad. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Ace Hunter's speech basically boils down to politics are bad and whatever he wants to do. There's a lot of '80s Reaganism in this movie. Oh yeah, they were they were kowtowing to the Reaganites (laughs) here in in a very poorly poorly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Persia, you know, they're ready to go. They're like, okay, we're gonna ready to go save your your country. Like literally, this is your country. Uh, We're ready to go. Here we we're we're off. We're off. I guess life's at stake. And she's like, you know what? Hang on, hang on. I need to like self realize. So I'm coming along. I'm coming along. And then they're like, nah, you can't come along because what? That's crazy. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm coming along. So I'm going to prove it. So now we're, we're going to do a skydiving scene. Ooh, yes. Skydiving scene. scene. This was a real face bomber. The scene's oh. so nice, they showed it twice. That's rough. Yeah, so he's trying to, you know, tell her how to do it, you know, mansplain the whole skydiving thing, and she's just like, fuck it, I'm doing it. Pops out, and of course they just start doing, like, choreographs. <laughs> like, like, was it choreographed? Because it was very awkward. Oh, it was awkward, absolutely. There's, there's professional pro- parachuters, sh- real shots of people parachuting, and then it's intercut with... The worst green screen effect. <laughs> it's so bad. Of Barry Boss really laying bad. on a table, playing. It's, it's like when you're a kid and you'd be on the playground and you'd lay in the swing and pretend like you're parachuting. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. You know, honestly, this is the most real scene to me because <laughs> all their all their playful like attempts to like be flirty with their hands and bodies was so awkward. Like a right. real first time you have sex with somebody for the first time. The real like, time. The first like, time you go on a parachuting date. The first time you've ever like tried to have sex with somebody that you didn't really hit it off with. You're just like, uh, is this how my hands are supposed to go? <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's just the whole thing. <laughs> oh, if only there was a helmet and a parachute for that moment. Yeah. Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> the special effects. Oh. I mean, they're not, you need to see them to believe them. I'll try to put a, find a video to put on the uh, post and, and for this. this scene comes back in the credits, just so we're clear. It does, right? Like, it's that, that was a highlight so for you? They're so there's, proud of it. There's like a love song that sets to the background of it, too. <laughs> yes. There's like a yeah. little instrumental. <laughs> it's selling this hard as the time. This is their meet cute, fall in love scene. Yeah. Them not being able to speak over the sound of roaring winds. <laughs> as problematic. As problematic as the casual racism and Reaganomics were in this movie, though, I did think it was very good of Ace Hunter to have a LGBTQ friendly shoot. Yes. <laughs> nice little <laughs> rainbow shoot. <laughs> and I will say for the right price, I also have a LGBTQ friendly shoot. It's <laughs> <laughs> my co-host, ladies and gentlemen. That's my co-host, Quirky McDonald. Yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, she lands and then she's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to take off on this. I know helicopters now, too. And she just takes off on a helicopter and then she's on a training simulator. I mean, they're just putting her through the paces. Right. And she basically fu- just like does it perfectly. So she does it perfectly. 
The funny part, though, about that training simulator where it's just her shooting at things, <laughs> I couldn't tell if this was supposed to be an actual like cut back to the actual war because right. this is what it looks like. like this is as bad as it looks. I like, thought this was intro vision. I was like, oh, is this intro vision? <laughs> I think I'm seeing intro vision. Um, yeah, so she's she's raring to go. She's raring a good to soldier. go. Yeah, yeah, she's a good soldier. Um, uh, but Ace has put on his uh bad news silver jumpsuit <laughs> with a collar, <laughs> turned on, <laughs> turned on his sorry, sweetie, magenta lighting. Um, because yeah, there's this scene where they are just figures in front of this magenta, all magenta background where he basically acknowledges that she's great, she's awesome, I mean, she's amazing. I, 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 hats off to you, I apologize. Wow, also, you're not coming anyway. <laughs> Because we're men and we're we're doing a man thing and and you wouldn't get it you know you would fuck us all up, and her reaction to that first of all she says because of great dialogue, it's not that you can't, it's that you won't. It's good stuff, and for that she calls him a great leader. Yeah, a great leader. That was a waste of literally everyone's time. Everyone's time. They could have just took off. Or they could have took off with you. Instead, they're just like, okay, well, next day, I guess, let's go out. I mean, are people dying or not? She came to yeah. them. We've got she time to came train. To them. So we can tell you that even if you'd done terribly, you wouldn't get this. If you did great, you weren't going to get it. But we've wasted hours. Yeah. Sure. Let's that was it. pointless, by the way. I mean, thanks for proving me wrong and all, but we got to go off and do man business. So off but, they go. No, before they leave, he does offer her a little reward. <laughs> He can meet her for a drink at a hotel in London. Yes, That's absolutely. Right. Tomorrow. They're off to go on Operation Hook, Line, and Sinker, which oh. is the operation to, to do something to Guerrera. Just blow shit up, basically. And Persia comes to meet him at the airport. And just to prove how happy she is that she wasted all of this time, she has like a huge smile on her face. And she's like, I'm happy I came this far. Just stoked as fuck. Just so crazy stoked. And then, yeah, as Ben said, he just schedules a time for them to meet up and fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like, hey, listen, I'm going to go save your country, but like you're doing. Uh, yeah. It's like, let's make it real obvious. We're going to meet at the lion's head. Yeah. Look at my <laughs> man. My penis. And then think about what you're doing. Yeah. I, I did figure out why Barry Bosk was cast as Ace Hunter, though, because he, <laughs> he's in that tight tight gold lame <laughs> that leaves nothing to the imagination oh yeah uh, i mean we could all qualify as barry bosk's proctologist right oh now. yeah no <laughs> I, I know far too much about barry bosk <laughs> that shows the utmost confidence ace that you only have ace hunter with that much confidence this man was just out there in that thing <laughs> is this a scene where it gets really up in there like really up in his butt yes the goodbye yeah. scene in the helicopter. she she takes off in the helicopter um and is this where they do the thumb kiss for the first time yes yes they yes do a thumbs up a kiss into a thumbs up so he kisses the side of his thumb then points the center of his thumb at her like yeah there we go and she kisses the center of her thumb and then shows him the side of her thumb <laughs> that's how it works and then uh as he's leaving she gives him the weirdest wave i've ever seen yeah, yeah did, you like see, did you see her wave She's never seen a human wave before. <laughs> That's how you do it. That can't be right. So, so it's a, I describe it as it's a closed hand with your hitchhiker's thumb out, and you're waving it back and forth, but the, the thumb is pointing at you instead of where you want to go. <laughs> so it's just her with her thumb pointing at herself, waving back and forth. Is that accurate? It's almost like a nanner nanner. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, it's very strange, but so exuberant. Ace and his crew, Megaforce takes off. They're they're off to do battle. Three giant planes take off. Like a this Goodbye, movie was shot in the Nevada desert, and I will say mm-hmm. the Nevada desert gets a lot of screen time. They're just running mm-hmm. around the desert. Every place is the desert. Megaforce is the desert, and then where they go is the desert, and then where they go to after they have to run away from that place is also the desert. It's all just the desert. So, but these three giant military cargo planes take off and they just i mean it's pretty cool because they're actually giant planes taking off it's not models or anything like that it's actual pilots and actual planes and things like that and you think all right here we go here we finally we're like halfway through the movie here here we go we're finally (laughs) going to do something right yes no no No. the film starts dawdling even more (laughs) even more this is like a real-time like plane ride this is like like a Sacramento to San Francisco plane ride, you know, it's like real fucking time. It's just and they're just fucking banter. around. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's the worst. Sol- my gals, my dames, my bro. The French guy likes girls. Again, the black guy is cultured, so he knows things. There's this whole crossword puzzle bit oh that they do. Everyone's Rubik's goofing. Cube. Oh, the Rubik's yes. cube for the love of God! Hey, don't forget there's knife throwing also. There's yeah, knife- a lot of knife throwing, <laughs> and you don't you forget def- knife. You to do your crosswords, you are fooling yourself. <laughs> I think on planes, you definitely want to be tossing around something that could penetrate the outside of the plane, right? And that's what you want to be doing. And it is whooshing about that cabin. <laughs> What's funny is that they talk about how, like, okay, it's a 60 person fighting force. That's why she couldn't come on. They couldn't have 61. These 60 men, they're working as a team. There's like five guys on this one plane. There are three planes. Oh, yeah, yeah. They are really crammed like shoulder to shoulder on those other planes. <laughs> like, hey, uh, below the line talent, you're playing the. We see our fearless leader, Ace Hunter, the only one who gets a uh, title in this Megaforce army, <laughs> Commander Ace Hunter, is airsick. And he's yeah. puking and drinking Alka Seltzer. Good bit. Good bit. So That's much comedy. Alka-Seltzer. That's comedy. Yeah. Like four Maybe- Alka Seltzers, guys. Do you understand how much Alka Seltzer's kid needs? <laughs> <laughs> The movie gets so bored it cuts away. Yeah. It's like, what else is going on? So they cut over to Guerrero. They're just like, is he doing anything? And guess what? He is not. This is he's, he's not he's literally playing chess with this his is number my two. Favorite fucking oh, scene the in the movie. Scene. The only the other scene. guy. Loki and I are on this one. These are the when, two men who are running this entire revolution. By Henry way. Silva and his second in command, whose name is like jokes make fun a lot. He actually beats Henry Silva at at chess is like yes. hey checkmate gets up to go get him a drink and while he's gone he moves the pieces around and there is this beatific grin on henry silva's face just like i'm a little scamp yes i'm a despotic militaristic scamp and i will win by playing dirty and cheating whatever it takes to win is what i'm gonna do this is character building daniel i thought you reviewed movies oh it's classic stuff classic stuff. classic character building it of course does not answer our question of is there any urgency to anything that is happening right now like like what are these guys doing what is this occupying force what do they want is anyone hurt is anyone like what is going on we don't see anyone After those first few shots of civilians from the very first scene of the movie, we don't see any other Gamibian city citizens like milling about. Everyone's nobody pronounces nobody pronounces the names of those countries the same. Like (laughs) Gamibia, Gamibia, Gamibia. 
for half this movie, I thought this guy's name was Guevara because we were not pronouncing <laughs> things correctly. His accent changes several times, too. He's doing Spanish, yeah. then he slips into Brooklyn, then he does Italian for a bit. Yeah. Guerrera the important thing is, he looks name. a lot like a Hispanic Burt Reynolds. Yes. <laughs> That's how Needham needs him to be because I'm sure he tried to get Burt Reynolds to do this role. And he's like, look, man, I'm done. I got <laughs> like, no better way. things. I'm in Hawaii right now. I don't need this. <laughs> no, he does look like Bird Reynolds, who, like we were saying, is collaborates with him a lot. I'm wondering if that was a commentary. He's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to make this guy a real piece of shit. <laughs> like, if you don't come on, man. <laughs> but they this do give him a beard, real, so you know he's bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> but shout out Henry Silva. He's fucking, he's 92. He's still going strong. I love the guy. Great. Yeah, he's great. Character. Good for you, buddy. So back, back to the planes, back to Megaforce. Megaforce is ready to attack, ready to attack. So all of a sudden, again, there were like five people on the plane a second ago. So motorcycles many. and ATVs just like gush out of this fucking plane all of a sudden. Like gush, yeah. like the plane sprang a leak and <laughs> in the pipes were tanks. <laughs> like they just start gushing <laughs> out of this fucking place. And then they're all just like going to parachute into Namibia. I was watching this, like Ben said earlier, you can't hear anything. So I was watching with closed captions. And there's a legit two minute sequence where it just on the bottom says mechanical parts worry. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many buttons pressed, toggles flipped. Yes. switches on and it makes no sense people are just like hit this button 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 and then they just go back down and hit the yeah. same sequence of buttons like uh, did yeah. you just turn yeah. all those things off it's like what did you no, do the first for, time this is for a different device all right <laughs> oh, oh he like toggled if, into auxiliary mode i, I sorry look, if you love recycled footage this scene is for you <laughs> and this is where there's a four minute actual ticking clock Yes. On screen. Yes. We're going to do this thing in four minutes. So this is like a literal ticking clock that's on the screen the entire time. And, and uh, if we can go back, just remember when they were describing the plan for this, it is a minute by minute what we're going to do to take this guy right. out and right. like, get this plan in motion. So the fact that they did this is great screenwriting. Just, I mean, <laughs> there's so many examples of great screenwriting in this. Deliver movie. on your promise. So this scene, this is where. Team America World Police <laughs> was obviously influenced by this movie. And and Trey Parker and Matt Stone have talked about Megaforce you know, going way back before Team America was made. So I know they've seen it and were influenced by it. Because this is basically the opening scene of Team America World Police. These guys come into a, a city that is apparently under like invasion by this invading force, right? They just come in and blow up everything. <laughs> yes. They, they, they're yes. just like, boom, 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 boom. He's just like pointing around like there's any tactical like things going on. Rockets are flying every which Everywhere. way off of every motorcycle. Everyone is shooting rockets. Everyone's shooting guns. Everyone's shooting missiles. It, and every, all work, the buildings bust blow out up. The lasers. <laughs> and then there's lasers. There's lasers. But they just go in and like blow fucking up everything. Everything, everything, and then just right off. Like they just kill everything in sight. Like, who did that help? They are firing every gun and every laser <laughs> at all times. All rockets are firing. And they're not firing at anything. They're literally they're, just firing at buildings. Like these are just, aren't, these are aren't dirt like bikes. citizens in there. There is there no dirt focus. bikes it is with in guns every direction. on the front of them. So like they can only shoot in the direction that they're going, right? So if but they no, turn, no, they don't. They also fire to the right and left. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's true though that the main weak point of a tank is the dirt bike. I mean, that is the main nemesis of a tank is a dirt bike. <laughs> tank cannot that beat motorcycle. No. It can't happen. Mm-mm. Yeah, but basically, yeah. Again, they they ride into this city where everyone is like being held hostage and kill everyone and then ride off like conquering heroes like fucking fists in the air like we fucking did it uh and that's it that that was their mission (laughs) like what there's another great moment like the snake moment where these two guys are setting up a mortar to shoot at a tank and they cut back to the guy in the tank he presses a button which i guess did something yeah they don't show it at all (laughs) it's like wow great great fucking and they the, the three villains have evaporated to nothing how did it happen? Well, there was a thing floating in the sky. See, and I, I pressed the, I pressed. It was it was untold distance away, and facing an unknown direction. I pressed a button, and it did. We didn't show that, and now yeah. there are no people. Did they blow but, up? Did they disappear? Did we? Did yeah, they, a button got pushed. That's no, all. He's very impressed, though. He's very impressed with himself. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's very <laughs> grateful to Egg. <laughs> Thank you, Egg. So yeah. Anyway, they Megaforce just takes off. Right? They just leave, and. Uh, triumphant we, music plays can we point out this is a four minute scene countdown <laughs> four minutes to zero seconds with so much recycled footage yeah like oh how, my god yes how many angles we get of that car dropping that ditch like seven? <laughs> use them yeah. use them all <laughs> we shot it i'm not gonna they waste got the editing, like oh no we only have three minutes and 47 seconds you guys what do we do <laughs> Oh my god! But yeah, but that, this scene is just insane. It's just explosion, explosion, explosion. I checked, and, and there's still and forty jumps. goddamn minutes left right? in this movie. I thought it was almost oh, right. over. Huh. Yeah, it seems like this should be like kind of a, a big scene, maybe to kick off the third act or something like that. But man, no, we're only like halfway through. This <laughs> yeah, movie. there's forty minutes <laughs> left. <laughs> So they're riding around like conquerors again, and there's like an advance team that goes out and sets up like a gas station in the desert. They just like, they just like set up a mobile gas station. That's somewhere. the Megaforce yurt. What was going on there? Yeah, and that thing could just do anything. And they're just like, oh, we're here to set it up. And then they just show up later, like, yeah, this thing, we set it up. It's a giant thing. We did it. And that's fine. Yeah. Uh, this is also, yeah, this is where I saw the Confederate flag for the first time. Yeah. Oh. On Dallas. And I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? And it's real present in the final scene. Yeah. He, and he, puts, he actually, he, it's not just his patch anymore. He puts one on his. No, he puts on a, a flag on his yes. bike and is, has like a lusty look on his face, too. It's Nobody smacks the shit out of him. Birth of a nation fucking kind of moment for him. Um, yeah. So this is where the member of that beach hologram. Yeah, uh, earlier return of the beach hologram. Yeah, because because second in command for Guerrera is spying on him. He's spotted him command. at the gas station. Yeah, he's in like a motorcycle sidecar riding around, getting always dirty funny. and getting bumped around. And always like funny. That. He's uncomfortable in a sidecar. Classic. Funniest, always classic. <laughs> classic bit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they fool him with the beach hologram. He sees the woman on the beach and Guerrero is screaming at him. And this is where Guerrero was mentioned that he's going to send him to Siberia or East Germany. That's when I was like, what? Like, who is this? Why is this? Is, <laughs> where is this? Like, when is this? I just, really doesn't make any, any fucking sense. I don't know. Guerrero, I guess is he supposed to be Castro-ish? I thought I, he was like Cobra I, Commander. <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. 
So this is, uh, Daniel, where the big twist comes in. So Guerrera shows up to the desert and he's meeting with Megaforce. Yeah, he just chopters in. He just chopters in. And everybody's like, oh. And, and Ace Hunter's like, oh, it's my good friend Duke. He greets him very warmly. Yeah, very this is my friend Duke. Yeah. And they're talking to Trummy. And like Ace Hunter has no idea that this might be. Like he says earlier, I know all about this Guerrero guy. And it's clear he has no idea that Guerrero and Duke are the same person. Even though earlier he's like, I know this guy intimate. <laughs> and now he's a complete fool. See, is that is that right? Because I this scene is so like. fucking it's so weird. stupid. It's like because because then Mr. Brit guy is like, wait a second, that's Guerrero, but he doesn't say he's, he says it with his face, and everybody else in the in Megaforce is like, this is weird. This guy's here. It's clearly Guerrero, but Ace Hunter's like, nah, this is my friend Duke. Everybody, welcome to my friend Duke. And like the English guy's like, hey, uh, Ace, can I talk like, to you? Hey, and then Guerrero's like, hey. <laughs> everybody needs to know what's going on. I already know what's going on. Just step back, brother. He's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. And then Guerrero leaves, and this guy comes back over to Ace and doesn't mention Guerrero and Duke are one and the same. <laughs> That's what I was like. Does he know what's or not know? I Does he know or not know? It's like, such bad storytelling. That doesn't know. But it, it, let's jump ahead here. He did know. <laughs> oh. Which, he said he was, <laughs> he was playing with um, <laughs> That makes it dumber. But everybody else is clearly so like, wait, this is the guy. Everybody in the background is like yeah. furious. That All the other characters guy. are as confused as I am. They're just everybody's yeah. like, what is happening? There's a thing about a lighter going on that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. What does it? What does it say? Oh, this is Ace, right? That's when we learned his name is Ace Hunter because he's only been referred to as uh, as Hunter until now. And now we're like, oh, it's Ace Hunter, and it's. Duke Guerrera, of course. They each have first and last names. Yeah, I could not figure out uh, whether Ace was being like kind of cavalier about like the fact that he just put his men into like battle and with a a person that he greets warmly as a friend, or if he's really that stupid that he couldn't figure out that these are the same people. But here's the thing, though: none of his men were really at danger because nobody actually dies or gets injured in this movie. There's all these explosions. <laughs> no, exactly. There is no blood. I don't there's think there's no a death. drop of blood in this movie. The explosions they, don't hit anything. They're fire, but everybody's so sure that they've won, and the other people are so sure that they've lost. <laughs> there's there's no hand-to-hand combat. No. It, it struck me. I was like, wait, what's what's weird about this action movie? Oh, there's no fighting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this it's is all the just most... Hardware. This is the most 80s Reagan GOP movie because the real d- terrorist threat is property damage. <laughs> we should also say I caught this because my brother was in an elementary school production of Pirates of Penzance. There is a Pirates of Penzance reference okay. in this meeting. And Barry Bostwick, what was he doing before he was tabbed to play Ace Hunter? He was in Pirates of Penzance. And the line is where he says that he is the very model of a modern major general. Pirates okay. of Penzance references everybody. That's why you've come to the show for my Gilbert and Sullivan knowledge. Who did your brother play? Uh, the guy who sings that line, the modern major general. He played the major general. Played the model of the major general. Nice. Good role. Good one. And good role. Wait, Big break. You can, you can come for that reference, but in this scene is the iconic Barry Bostwick butt shot. This is uh, where the suit gets real up in there. Mm, you can see every nook and cranny. It's so very it, big witchy. Literary nerd and hot man ass. 
combined <laughs> in this scene. Yeah, I know it has it all. No, it has it all. Uh, yeah, so in this scene, so butt cleavage. Look, <laughs> we have this weird scene, like you said, between Guerrera and Ace, and then the general and Persia they also fly in in a different helicopter, and they're like, "Oh shit, Megaforce!" Hey, you know when you just like went into a foreign country and like blew up a bunch of shit? That quote unquote may be considered an act of war. What that doesn't mean jack shit. Like, yeah, it's one hundred ten thousand percent an act of war. There's no one's fucking disputing <laughs> that. But isn't it an invading force sponsored by East Germany and the Soviet bloc blowing up power plants? Is that not an act of war? I mean, I'm not a politician, uh, and I, if I was, uh, Ace Hunter would hate me because <laughs> yes, politics he, are he to blame politicians. for this for some reason. Politics are to blame. I don't know why, but they are. And he just says, "Ah, oh, this rotten business." Uh, and he tells the general as he goes away that it's all on the wheel. It all comes around. Yeah, oh yeah, because the, the general lets him. Hey, sorry, old boy. Uh, we have to sell you out. Sorry, old chip. It looks like uh, you're going to a certain death, old boy. Good, James Mason. Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, dear boy. All right. Um, yeah, but I do like how the. No, Red this Cross- is actually the scene where they give the thumbs up, kiss goodbye. The red hot. This the is the Red second. Cross helicopter just flies. Guerrera everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> the Red Cross was so funny. And at the end of that, that's when we realized that Ace Hunter knew that Duke was Guerrera the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why boy. would we not know that? It's it was four minutes of, of like, is he just the dumbest fucking hero of all time? I mean, he is. But, no, he's so, he's so stupid. He's the smartest hero. <laughs> I, he the movie funny. really wants you to be anxious about what's going to happen, but you have no idea what's going on. So it's like, I, I would feel something if I knew what was happening. Yeah. And every time you do know what's happening or feel like you do, the movie just suddenly dead ends it. You know what I mean? Like it just keeps chopping Mm -hmm. off its own like limbs for no fucking reason. It's really bad storytelling. Like you have the whole thing of her and this whole training montage. And then they were like, you know what? That was completely pointless. And then we have this whole battle and then like, yeah, all right, great, great battle, I guess. And then it's like, no, that was pointless too. (laughs) You guys did it. (laughs) You guys were too good at your jobs. Too good at your job. Yeah. You killed too brazenly. At the end of the scene, we get the worst cutoff of all time. Earlier in the movie, they were talking about how Mr. British guy has this really awesome helicopter that he owns himself. Red and white. It's beautiful. And like he's even put in all these cool things inside, including shag carpeting. It's made clear this helicopter has shag carpeting inside. There are they bring it out. That helicopter shows up in this film. Not one shot yeah. of shag carpeting. No shag and then carpeting. it gets blown up. <laughs> That's where it, it lost destroyed. me. And it's hideous. It's a hideous helicopter. It's one of the ugliest helicopters I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's really ugly. Yeah, it's really strange. <laughs> I just didn't like that he had pussy wagon painted on the back of it. <laughs> Well, his name's Buck, and he likes to fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as Guerrera just, you know, fucked over uh, Ace, and he is going to take off on his chapter, and he actually offers, like, a lifeline to Ace, and it's like, hey, you can take off, and it's fine. Fuck all these, you know, soldiers. They're just numbers. Take off. And Ace is like, no, I'm the hero of this thing. I can't do that. Um, and Guerrera says, it's too expensive to be an idealist these days. Ugh. Evil. <laughs> Um, and then he tells Ace uh, what Ace will do. And then he tells Ace how he will respond to what Ace is going to do. And then he tells Ace what Ace will do in response to what he is going to do. He basically just lays out what's going to happen in the next like 15 minutes. I mean, because yeah. he's just like, uh, stakes, fuck him. Fuck him. 
So and that scene though, it's filmed at two different wind tunnels because the, the shot reverse <laughs> shot. Silver, <laughs> nothing is blowing around. Bostwick, his golden hair is just flapping. His his headband is snug right on there. So Ace is g- doing another pre-battle explanation. I will say his they he made no sense anything that he was talking about. And this was already in their initial plan, right? I mean. When you compare it to like, so this is a scene, classic scene, Star Wars, any World War II movie, you have the scene where it's like, okay, we're going to go on this mission. Here's what the mission is. Here's what we have to do. Here's the stakes. Let me just kind of explain it. And then you just sort of locate people in the action so that later on when it's just all action and no dialogue that people are located in it, you know what's at stake. You know how why they have to go from A to B and you know what A is and you know what B is, Right. Ace's plan makes no fucking sense. I had no idea what he was even saying. And the plan always ends up being go in and just blow every fucking thing up anyway, right? Like they don't have, this is not a tactical fucking group, no, right? They is. got just you, missiles. You throw them off by having a few people go out front, even though you, know, you have a huge military lined up. You send a few guys out front, and they're like, oh, what's that in the front? And you sneak up behind them. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Yeah. It's so called they... tactician. You heard of it? So Dallas, again, already a hateful piece of shit, slides the Confederate flag onto the tail of his motorcycle. He's ready to ride in. Everyone's yeah. raring to fucking cool, go. Cool, cool. And their plan is to like fly these two gigantic planes low. There's like a line of tanks that are blocking their way, the block, blocking the way of mega. No, no, let's, there's a line of tanks, but it's in the middle of this wide open expanse of desert. Like <laughs> Which, you could easily just go around. Go around. Let's go around. There's a lot of <laughs> yeah. space. A lot of space I to was, go around. This was my this was so funny because I was like, And your motorcycles no... can fly as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, hey. That's later. I'll <laughs> when I see your motorcycle fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's just a line of tanks in the middle of an empty expanse that they apparently need to punch through for some right. reason. But they say the weakest part of the perimeter is in the middle, and I'm like, what perimeter? You just have a line <laughs> of ten tanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all lined up like facing the same direction in a straight line. What kind of awful I'm going to sidebar. You know who's giving them excellent direction that they're heading east and at what knots or whatever? <laughs> that guy's given that? Who's that? It's Hal Needham. Oh, yeah. The director. Right. He's the guy in the uh, in the sort Love of control him. booth thing. Gotcha. Yeah. That's Love why him. he forgot to get those shots of what happened to the mortar guys because he was in there <laughs> pressing the buttons. <laughs> like, turn left, idiots. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, the plan of Megaforce is that they're going to have these two giant planes flying low and these are like we're talking like military cargo planes the kind of planes you would drive a multiple tanks onto like you would drive a lot of tanks onto a plane like think about how large that plane needs to be then they fly that plane like 50 feet over their heads (laughs) over a bunch of tanks and everyone has tanks of very high-tech weaponry and they all miss (laughs) <laughs> they all not a shot. They hit everything except for the giant. You could hit it with a rock from the distance that they're at. You can just pick up a rock <laughs> off the ground and hit the fucking plane. They don't hit it with any of their guns, any of their missiles. <laughs> One of the planes gets tagged, doesn't blow up. No, just slightly off. It has to pull away. So now there's only going to be one plane that everybody has to get onto. The plane is going to land in a dry lake, and then everyone's going to punch through and load onto this plane so now that like this plane has come in and they've been distracted the uh, guns the uh, guerrero's tanks are all turning the other guerrero's just there too by the way he just showed up there somehow 
So since there's only one plane, they're all, everyone's instructed to set their equipment to self-destruct. Uh, and the attack begins, and the attack is just basically explosions and motorcycles doing wheelies and jumps and things like that while explosions happen. Explosions four or five feet away from the tank. Well, no, I mean, safely away, safely <laughs> away from the motorcyclists. Don't you worry that no one was hurt during this fucking movie. But yeah, there's just explosions everywhere. We just see like guns firing and rockets launching, but there's never any sense of like that rocket there's that no, launched what did it hit like where yeah, did it there's go nobody in the tanks like panicking or like saying what to do next what, what are they just shooting like, at who are they shooting they're at? just being blown up near them i was waiting for the time when Guerrero would be like fall back fall back just so that <laughs> right. the missiles could just so the missiles could hit the tanks and this movie could be over <laughs> but the motorcycles they all punch through and this is where we get this pretty uh, pretty awesome i'll say the rainbow colored smoke scene where yeah, there's a good shot there's just dozens of uh, all these vehicles riding through the desert and they all have different colors of smoke that it's just supposed to obscure the enemy's vision but really it's just because it looks cool uh and uh Hunter, though, our boy, Ace Hunter, he goes down. He goes down. He's the only one who goes down. This is your fearless leader, ladies and gentlemen. He's the only one who goes down as all of the tanks start to approach. Yeah, and all, the rest of Megaforce. The, his, like, his sensors read that he is down. And I was like, the bandana. I think the bandana is the sensor. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of me now. But yeah, the rest of Megaforce, they all race to the plane and they get on the plane, but everyone's waiting for Hunter. They're waiting for Hunter. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Tanks are supposedly closing in. Again, spatial logistics are not. Yeah, uh, makes not no a, sense. Not a forte. Yeah. Um, but then we see a knock on the tank door. <laughs> knock on the tank door and it opens up <laughs> and it's, it's Guerrera and he says, Hey! <laughs> <laughs> He's so accurate to see him. And this is where you're right. There's no hand to hand combat because I was thinking I was going to like punch him out and steal the tank and do something like that. And instead, he just goes, Hey, I just wanted to let you know good guys always win, even in the 80s. (laughs) And then smiles and just takes off on his motorcycle. No, 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 no. no. He smiles. And based on the relationship these two have had, this very friendly, flirty, happy relationship, he stuffs a cigar (laughs) in his mouth. Yes. And sometimes a cigar is more than just a cigar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you can cut this movie. Pieces. That's an iconic closing line. The good guys always win, even in the 80s. <laughs> but they didn't. But yeah, Ace is just always fucking around like this. You're just like, can you take this shit seriously, Ace? People are dying, maybe. I don't know. No, <laughs> um, but yeah, the plane takes off Dallas in a moment of uh, great cowardice. Just decides I'm going to abandon our leader. <laughs> He's the only one with a title, so I guess yeah. I get to have the title if he takes off. Because really, I'm the number two. Like, but he is that. a Confederate flag wearer, right? I mean, you can't trust this guy. God, <laughs> he knows about turning tail back. and running. Seriously, but don't uh, forget so- that Ace Hunter has just been on a tank. Smack talked Guerrera and then is riding away on a motorcycle with 10 tanks staring at him and not a single one of them even fires a shot. Now, no. well once. within range, well within range and seeming the plane is also well within range, but no right. one even decides to fire. Right. Um, and it's like, oh, shit, but, is Ace going to make it? Is he going to make right. it? But here's the thing. You would think that's that's terrible movie making. But Hal Needham was like, no, I know how to direct out of this problem. I need my star, Barry Boswick. 
to use his acting skills and give us the face <laughs> that says, I can't believe they're not shooting at me as I right away. <laughs> so the plane is taken off without Ace. It looks like he's not going to make it, but oh my God, here he comes. He comes flying through the plume of smoke. Is he going to catch up? Is he going to catch up? The plane's already taken off. How can he possibly catch up? Away, and he is not accelerating. No, no, he's going normal speed. <laughs> Just so, maintaining speed. What does he do? Slow and steady boop, wins boop, the race. Boop, push buttons, bike transform in a really, really awkward fashion, and the bike starts flying. It just takes off rockets. He's got rockets and wings on the bike, and this it looks just like the parachuting scenes. The special effects are mind-bogglingly bad, and he goes up in there. Here's the thing. This, <laughs> the tension in the scene is, will he get to a plane or not? Right. He's on a flying bike. Right. <laughs> You don't and, need the blade. Do you see this? Do you get you it? And as you watch him, the scene's supposed to be like, he's getting closer, he's getting closer, but he's getting no closer. No, right? <laughs> like, just for like 20 seconds, there's no gain. No. He, he, does, on, he does a 180. On. Like No, was, yeah, he, he does, does somersaults. Yeah, he does somersaults in the air. It's like yeah, an ace. Puts, <laughs> Can you take any of this shit seriously? Look, for people who have not seen this movie and are listening to this podcast, if you like Falcor in The NeverEnding Story, you will love <laughs> Barry Boswick's flying motorcycle in Megaforce. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, it, I it legit looks... think that the witch from Wizard of Oz riding her bike at that time has better special effects than it's this. Infinitely <laughs> better. Infinitely better. Are you kidding me? It's not even close. Has great effects in Western effects. And that's that's almost a a hundred years, or probably at that time, it was 50 years before it. The special effects here, I'm not going out on a limb. They are quite poor. Introvision. Ironically, I have to say it was Outrovision. (laughs) I never saw it again. Oh, but yeah, he's safe. Even though he was already on a flying bike, he gets onto another flying machine. Yeah, so, and cool. in the meantime, Guerrera lights up the opposite of a victory cigar. Yes, he <laughs> Guerrera sees this and laughs, and then his second in command shows up all dirty in his motorcycle sidecar, and he laughs aboard, and then finally turns to the sky and says, "All right, Ace, I'll see you another time." <laughs> uh, no, as it turns out, <laughs> that would not that would not happen. So now we come back to the English general and Zara. They're, and they're, they're holding they're, a press conference in which they're denying all responsibility or knowledge. <laughs> that <laughs> press conference must have been several hours long because the last time we see the general, he's like, I've got to go in front of cameras right now. <laughs> like At that time, they're just like, uh, do you have any remembrances of the 1970 baseball season? <laughs> like, but where we start? A poem. <laughs> <laughs> do I dare to eat a peach? No, so he's like, he's like, get it. The doctor was the boy's mother. That's why <laughs> you don't bury the survivors. Oh, so anyway, they fly over this press conference where they're just like, "What Megaforce? Who's a Megaforce? I don't know what a Megaforce is." And then they're like, "Oh, look, it's Megaforce!" And they're all flying <laughs> over. And the general's like, "Great, Megaforce, sweet, <laughs> whatever." But Ace. Remember, it's all on the wheel. It all comes around. Ace never forgets. So he blows up the general's shag carpet helicopter. (laughs) Endangering hundreds. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
and then tells his boys, I've got a date in London, looks at Zara, and there's a kiss, thumbs up exchange, and then a freeze frame on yes. the smiling thumbs up from Ace Hunter. Question, weren't those bikes all set to self-destruct? Oh my god, you yes! You can turn them off. Everybody knows self-destruct <laughs> is temporary. I like to think that like a split One... second after that freeze frame, they just blow up and everyone <laughs> dies. Like, no, no more Megaforce. That's the, those sequels. Those sequels. For everyone Megaforce. knows it's like, if we get captured, these self-destruct. And if you don't get captured, you just turn self-destruct off. That's the way just, sci-fi and action works. Just toggle it. Just toggle it. Just toggle it over. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's the freeze frame, and then we get an end credit song by Seven O Seven, as scenes from the film play, quote unquote highlights, I guess, from the movie, including the the anti ad for the synthesizer Seven O Seven. Yes. Drum machine Seven O Seven. And then after the credits. Which I thought it was going to be like a, like a like a Marvel Cinematic Universe stinger, like setting up the next movie or something like that. But they actually just replay the, the last <laughs> encounter between Ace and Grey, where he says, "Good guys win, even in the eighties." It's such a good line. Yeah, I mean, right? Use it again. Keep using use it, it and using it until it stops working. That's what I say. So You're that's like, all right. My like, we had we had a pretty good last line. All right, let's push it. I've got a date in London. Pretty good. Not as good. As good guys always win, even in the 80s. <laughs> so that, gentlemen, is the movie. Mega Force, final thoughts on the movie before we give our ratings? Uh, insanity and uh, just ridiculous. Uh, so, so 80s. And I mean that in the good and the bad sense. Uh, so early 80s. Yes. But the, the politics of it is just pure Reaganomics. Um, Barry Boswick in his blown out, feathered, blonde hair, blonde beard, gold lame, silver lame with a collar. He looked like the fifth BG. <laughs> <laughs> he really did. Accurate. He was beautiful. Uh, he yeah. was magnificent. He was what a special. Beautiful. Yeah. Ben, Dara, any final thoughts? Beautiful. I, I mean, look. This is a bad movie. <laughs> and I'll never watch it again. But you, 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 we're going to get to it before we do the breakdown. Let's face facts. Very Bothic, beautiful. Purchase Kambada, beautiful. You and I disagree about it. Dallas, whether or not he's the best part of this movie or not. I think he's the best part of this movie. <laughs> oh, he's so bad. I stopped Even taking though, Dallas notes after a while. I was like, Dallas, I'm not writing a damn thing down that you say. Done, done with you, Dallas. I love him. Even though, unfortunately, he's a terrible racist. Oh, he's quite racist. But the movie is racist. It's a racist universe, so it's commentary. It's the 80s. We're all racist. This is Reagan's America, man. We're coming together for a single cause, and that is racism. (laughs) So let's give our ratings for the film just to remind everybody. Run-of-the-mill bad film is a dare. Next-level, truly atrocious bad film, double dare. And a movie that we like, reverse dare. Going to go to you first, Corky McDonald. You're rating... From Megaforce, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Dare. Uh, it's early '80s cheesiness. It makes it makes no sense. It's sloppy all over the place. But I could see that there's an audience who likes it and could get into the um, the blowy uppy part of it. <laughs> How Mutant can shoot a motorbike scene 
uh, and reuse it and reuse it and cut just before they fall down. That's yes. my favorite part. <laughs> uh, Kambata, she's gorgeous to look at. That's a bonus. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a dare. It's inoffensive, but yeah, I, I can't like recommend it. Yeah. Ben? For me, it's a dare also. I mean, if I if they had made this into a TV show, which they should have done, yeah, eight year old me, homesick on a Wednesday, is watching the <laughs> fuck out of Megaforce the TV show. This is quality pulp TV garbage. I love it. Yeah, make that three dares. We got a trilogy of dares to replace the trilogy of Megaforce movies that we lost. I mean, it was amusing enough. It was fun enough. That, like you said, there were explosions. So, I mean, that that, that uh, worked for me. Persis Kambada worked for me. Barry was, you know, <laughs> all wrong for the role, but all he wrong. was all, all right in a different sort of a way. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I got, the thing is, I would love to see the 78 ver- minute version of this. I would love yeah, to see oh. it where they just cut out all of the derpy, derpy, derp, derp, derp. An hour 27? So much it. of this movie is just taking a ride from a place to a place and fucking around during that entire ride. And it's not entertaining at all. Um, other than that, like, so I was actually kind of bored at times. So that's why it's a dare. Yeah. And not Give me a, a guy who can write a decent joke. Because they're trying to put jokes in there. Give me a decent writer with a decent sense of humor and then made it make it 86 minutes. Whew. Yeah, Great just time. tighten that thing up a little bit. Oh, how, how, God bless you. So that's all we got for you on this episode of Dare Daniel. Thank you so much, Ben Rice, for coming on the show and reviewing Megaforce, uh, your new favorite movie. And throwing out us. your entire donut dynamic. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you were a wonderful guest. Thank you, Ben. Ugh, don't. <laughs> That's all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel, but we'll be back in two weeks to review another one of your movie dares. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com and be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on whatever podcast app you listen to. We're not going to judge you. Do your own thing. You can read more of my movie reviews on the Dare Daniel website at daredaniel.com. Ben, where can people find more of your work? You can find the Barley and Me podcast on any podcast platform. You can follow me on social media across all social media platforms that a 37-year-old white male will use at Barley and Me Pod. Uh, There's a website. It's garbage. Don't go to it. Don't go to the website. But do (laughs) listen to the podcast. Yes. That's That's your new slogan right there. So many slogans. Corky. Yes. Same question to you, but more intense. Everybody, stay home. Get just get your entertainment at home right now. We're locked out in the pandemic of our times. Megaforce is not coming to save us. They <laughs> lost their budget in the nineties. You know where you can find more of Corky McDonald's work on the Dare Daniel podcast. What yes, is this episode sixty four or sixty? It's sixty something. That means you got a lot of back episodes to listen to if you have not listened to them. So you know what? Stay inside. Spend your time listening to our podcast on repeat. So for Dare Daniel, I am Daniel Barnes. That's the Daniel in Dare Daniel. That's me. And I'm Corky McDonald saying whirring machine noises. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the whole show. That's the whole show should have been whirring machine. Could you just put whirring machine noises in the background of this? <laughs>